Father, we give you thanks and praise for this day, for this teaching, for this time of fellowship together that we can spend absorbing your word, learning from it. Lord, your word is a lamp unto our feet, Lord. It's the, uh, the very breath that we live by. Lord, so fill us with your word and your wisdom today. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place. Let your words and your teaching prevail. Let, let us know that we didn't hear from a man today, but we heard straight from the Spirit of the Holy Lord. We give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Lucy, I'm home. Guess who that was? Ricky. Ricky. Ricky Ricardo. Good, good. Let's try another one. <gasps> that dog has a puffy tail. Anybody recognize that? That's right, see? Now the interesting thing here is that a couple people here recognized the second voice. Everybody recognized the first voice. Did we show any pictures? No. No, we didn't. But we know the voice. We know the voice of those who are important to us, those who entertain us, those who we, should I even say, worship? Now that's a deep thing to say that we worship, but don't we worship those that are, to a certain degree, don't we worship those that are famous, those that are in Hollywood? I mean, we even know the voice of a cartoon character. Last week we started a study on, uh, on hearing the voices, the voices that we hear. No, we're not nuts. We're just Christians. <laughs> and Christians hear voices. Don't ever let you, don't let, ever let anybody not let you know that they know that you hear voices. We hear three voices we learned last week. We hear the voice of the enemy, Satan, the devil. We hear the voice of our flesh, which consists of our intellect, our experiences, just kind of what we think about things and, 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 and the part of ourselves, our soul, that is not redeemed just yet. We also hear the word of God, the voice of God. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And, uh, and tonight we're going to study in depth on how we can hear God's voice. In Luke chapter 8, if you work your way down to verse 10, we're going to go through from verse 10 to 15 tonight. And he, being Jesus, said to you, that's us, or his disciples in this case, it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to the rest, it is in, it is in parables, in order that they seeing, they see, they see, they may not see, and hearing, they may not understand. Now, let's stop there for a second and understand here, first of all, who is he talking to here? He's talking to disciples. The, the, the context, if you may read a little further back, I just didn't want to go into too far back, but Jesus is talking in parables, and they're like, look, man, why do you do that, dude? Why don't you just call it as it is? And Jesus said, ixnay on the arables pay. You know, he's speaking in languages that we understand. Do you understand that, that, that the world looks at what Christians say and they think we're wacko? The Lord spoke to me, really? Did he speak to you like Noah? Did he speak to you like Jonah? Or wasn't that the tacos you had last night, dude? Well, 
that's the thing, is that God does speak to us. Now, why does God speak to us? Well, you know, God wants to have a relationship with his people. Jesus said, my sheep know my name, know my voice, and I know them by name. This shows, this shows relationship. I don't know about you, but when I got the revelation of who God was, I wanted this, 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 this God to be my friend. When I understood that the very balance of my eternal life is in his hands, in his word, in his salvation, hey, I, I've always been a person, when I was in the world, I always wanted to hook up, you know? I wanted to, to know who was who. I wanted to be the, you know, be friends with the big dog, you know? But it's funny how being able to be a friend, not only a friend, but closer than a friend, more than a friend, but a son of the king of the universe. Who would pass up that opportunity? It, it defies the imagination. <clears throat> in, in, in verse 11 it says, Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Okay, and what Jesus is talking about here is the, the, seed, the story, uh, you've heard it before, I'm sure, of the seed that, that, that lands, uh, the handful of seeds. So the, the picture or the parable is of this, this guy or this gal. They're walking down the street and they got a bunch of seed in their hand. They're just throwing it around, you know, just putting it everywhere, you know, throwing it here, throwing it there. And some of it lands in this place and some of it lands in that place. And Jesus uses that as a parable or as a story or it's, it's symbolic. So basically, you know, what's going to happen? Well, the people that are kind of interested in what Jesus is saying are going to say, wow, this is kind of cool. He's speaking my language. The other people are going to say, this dude's nuts. I don't want to hear what he's talking about seeds and, 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 and thistles and, and shrubbery and dirt and soil. I don't want to hear all that. I hear enough about this stuff. Huh? Give me some more of them fishes and, that, and, that, and, that, and those crackers that he was handing out. They, they told me he fed 5,000 people last week. Where's the food, man? You know, but no, that's not what Jesus is talking about here. So it continues in verse 12. And these beside the road are, I'm sorry, and those beside the road are those who have heard. Now notice here, let's stop here for a second. Notice after the word heard, what do you see right after the word heard? What is the, uh, the, the, the punctuation there? It's a semicolon. You know, I, how many people have ever really paid attention to the punctuation in the Bible? Because it means something. Do you know that, that that semicolon means that time passed? So now these people heard the word and some time passed. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they may not believe and be saved. Now, for example, and let's put that in some practical application. Now, you know, we're, we're believers and we all got, you know, pagans as friends. You know, that, that dude that calls us up on Monday and says, man, I got a headache. I was out partying all weekend. You're a Christian. Why don't you pray for me, man? Maybe it'll go away. And, and we talk to him and say, dude, you got to get saved, man. You know, God, God's calling you, bro. I mean, don't you understand that you can't live your life this way all the time? Yeah, 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 I know, man, I know, but you know, I like the girls too much, and I like the partying too much, but, you know, but, and, and, and you finally break through, and he says, you know, man, you're making some sense, I really, you know, I, I, you're right, I need to change, 
I need to, I need to change my life. And, and, and really, what ends up happening is you, you end up sowing that seed, man, and you go home and you're rejoicing. Praise God, hallelujah. He finally, he finally heard. But no. <laughs> the weekend comes around. Yo, man, let's go to the club. Come on, I got this chick I want you to meet. I got the, this new drink I want you to have. It's the, I don't know, the, 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 the pagan drink of the week in blue. Whatever it is, you know? And, 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 and all of a sudden, bam! The devil steals the word that you just gave your friend. I mean, that is, that is really the way it goes on. People go and they, and they, they get a word from a friend, a believer. You, how many people here have those 911 calls to Jesus? Those friends that call you up and say, man, I need you to pray for me. But yet they were out on the weekend doing God knows what, and now they're coming to Jesus and saying, Jesus, help me, help me, help me. And they don't, they, there's no way to, to, they, that you can explain to them because they just don't get it, do they? In 13 it says, and those on the rocky soil are those who, when, when they heard, received the word with joy. Again, look what's there after the word joy. Semicolon. Okay, now you've, now you've finally gotten to the point where you bring somebody to church. They finally come, okay? It's that one time in their life that, that they finally get into church with you. They come out and they say, man, you know, I never knew that coming to your church was, was just so fun. I really, you know, I've always wondered what you people did on Sunday. <laughs> Anybody ever told you that? What do you people do in there? What are you, what are you people doing in there? Why are you in there so long? And why do you always come out smiling? And, and what's that fish on your car? You know, and what, what is that? What, what is this, this praise the Lord thing that you're doing? So that you finally say, hey man, you know, come with me, I'll, I'll show you. Right? So they finally leave. They, 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 they go, you know, the, the pastor gives a great sermon, you know, and, and, and does the altar call, and they go up. And then, and then they get the joy of the Lord because they've, they've tasted, they've drank. You know, Jesus said, taste, for it's good, right? You know, the word of God is good. It's sweet to the taste, good to your lips. It's delicious. And when you taste it, nothing else ever tastes like it. So, of course, they leave that day with the joy of the Lord, semicolon. <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. And these, having no firm root, semicolon, now they go to the office on Monday. And they're like, man, I'm so happy. Da, 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 I'm so happy. And, and here comes the water cooler. So did you hear about so-and-so? And then they first get started in the gossip thing. And what? And they were doing this on the weekend. And I saw them at happy hour on Friday. And they were, oh, man, and you should have seen. And I heard this and I heard that. And the person who just got the joy of the Lord said, well, man, I'm so happy. They said, well, why are you so happy? And, you know, the, the non-believers, they don't have the right to be happy. Where it's Monday, you don't get to drink anymore. Now it's five more days, so we got to go out and sin. So basically, you know, I'm so happy I went to church yesterday. And at church, what did you do that for? They scream at the water cooler. Oh my gosh. And then they, they walk around behind their back. Hey, did you hear about so-and-so? They went to church. That's not a Bible on their desk, is it? Oh my God, look at that Bible on their desk. 
I'm offended by that. You know, the word of God offends the non-believer. I'm offended by that. But you know why they're offended by that? They're offended by that because they know that they're judged. See, have you ever gotten into a fight with somebody or an argument? I don't want to say a fight. You know, fight depicts, you know, knockdown, drag out, punch them. Have you ever gotten into a heated debate? I don't get into those. I'm much too holy for that. <laughs> I repent, Lord, I'm lying. And, you know, you ever gotten into a, an argument with somebody where you, you really, you just read their mail, man. You, you, you know, and they know that you know, that you know that I know, that I know that you know what you did. And you did it, and they, but they, they know it, but they swear they didn't. No, I didn't, you're wrong, you're lying. And the moment you talk about Jesus, all oh, you're judging me, what do you mean, dude? I'm just telling you about Jesus. No, you're judging me. I know you Christians, you people are just running around looking for people that can burn in that hell of yours. No, I'm just telling you about all the great time we had at church, man, and how you could come to church and have a good time. So you're judging me! Okay, I won't judge you anymore then. But see, that's because the world is lost. Do you understand, folks, that God created us to worship? Okay, so in, in, in lieu of God, we're going to worship something. When, when Moses went up to, the, uh, to, the, to, to get the, the Ten Commandments, you remember the time they had just come out of Israel. God had showed up, man, and shown out and done a, an incredible job. I mean, just Pharaoh, Pharaoh got all the plagues, and, and the, 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 the Egyptians wanted him out so bad, said, look, man, we'll just pay you to leave. Leave, go, here, have some gold, have some silver, have our animals, take, take whatever, just get out, leave. So Moses goes to spend some time with the Lord as the, you know, as the spiritual head of any group, whether it be a family, a church, or an organization, a job, a business, whatever. If, you're, if, you're, if God gave you the gift of leadership in some capacity, you need to separate yourself onto the Lord. Amen? Amen. So basically, so, so, so Moses goes up and he's up there and, you know, Aaron is there and the people, hey man, where, where's Moses? He's been gone for about 35, 40 days now. I don't think he's ever coming back. Why didn't he leave us back in Egypt? You know, in Egypt there was a, a, a chicken in every pot, man. I mean, you know, yeah, sure, they made us make bricks, but, but dude, we ate, we drank. You know, the, those Egyptian chicks are hot too, man. I mean, what's, well, what's wrong with this guy? Why He brought us out here to die. Give us something to worship, Aaron. He called you a priest, so, so give us something to worship. So Aaron, of course, he, you, know, you know the story. Aaron said, well, okay, well, well you know, he, he didn't know either where Moses was, I guess. So he said, well, each man bring me an earring. And, and they brought an earring, and the, the, the scripture says that he then molded for them a golden calf. And they began to worship this golden calf. So Moses is up there chilling out with God, and God says, hey, look at your people. <laughs> I love that about God. God look, you ever gotten into that with your, with your wife? Your daughter, <laughs> your son, not mine, yours, did this or that and the other. So he says, look at your people, what they're doing. You know, Moses, of course, innocent guy that he was, thought that they were under siege or something. And, and God said, no, man, they've, they've gone and built a, a calf and they're worshiping it. And they're saying, this is what brought you out of Egypt. 
So he goes down, and, and uh, uh, it, it's, uh, it's needless to say that he was just a little upset. So he, he goes down, and, and what does he do? He goes to Aaron and says, what? Aaron, what is this? He says, well, you know, the people started complaining, and, and I told them to bring me an earring, and, and, and I, I, I threw all the earrings in the fire, and, and this calf jumped out. You think I'm kidding? Go look. I'm dead serious. That's exactly what happened. He, he said that a calf jumped out of the fire, so he lied. Man, Moses got ticked. He, he turned around and he, he, uh, he, he, he ground it up and put it in water and said, now you're going to drink your God and made him drink it. See, because man needs something to worship. And when you're a couple of steps outside of Egypt, man, you'll worship anything. Even if you got the joy of the Lord last week, hey, you know, and these have no firm root. You got the joy of the Lord, but you know what? Next week you didn't go back to church, and the next week after that you didn't go back to church. And and then what? The word says here that they believe for a while, and in time of temptations, fall away. What it's saying here is that, you know, they believed. They, they really received the word. They loved it. They, they went to your church. They had a great time. But then they went in the water cooler thing. And then the weekend came. And, you know, one thing came to another. All of a sudden, they're really busy. You know, and, and, and the temptation comes. You know, the, 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 the guy, he goes back out. And the gal, she goes back out. And they decide that they're going to do it. I don't want to do that. And, and, of course, they start to feel guilty. Oh, you, you don't want to go back to that church, man. You know what you were out doing yesterday? You're, you're going to go back to the church? So this is, this is what Jesus is talking about when he's talking about this type of seed. You see how it works, y'all? So, so the, this is the, the, the way that Jesus talks, the pig Latin of the gospel, if you will, the, the, the way that, that Jesus talks to his people face to face. 14, and the seed which fell among the thorns, these are ones who have heard, and as they go on their way, they are choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life and bring to them no fruit to maturity. Now, this is people that Jesus is talking about here that basically they get saved, but all of a sudden they hear about that tithe thing. You ever, you ever, you ever talk to a You know, I talk to people who have money and they tell me, Mikey, the, the hardest thing after you get the money is to keep it. And now all of a sudden they get saved and, and this man, you know, I understand I was such a sinner and, you know, and this and that. And, and now that, you know, I, I realize that God has blessed me and stuff. Well, well dude, you, you need to, you know, you need to start tithing. No, it's mine. Wait, wait, didn't you just say God gave it to you a little while ago? No, it's mine. Mine, 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 like a little three-year-old mine. And this is, th- these are the people that they can't get on with God because God, they, they can't let loose of of what they have in this world. You know, God wants you to really cast away the things of this world. The Bible says, store up your treasures in heaven. And what does that mean? That doesn't mean, you know, live a life of poverty. I mean, there are certain religious groups that will have us, you know, uh, do a vote of, of poverty or, or, or of chastity. And, and this is not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a religious manner of, of just casting away and saying, oh, man, no, I... No, I can't. I can't go out and I can't. Uh, can't procreate. Can't get married because you know I got a vote of chastity, celibacy, and uh, I can't. I can't. I can't do. Uh, 
can't, can't buy anything because I, I, I did a boat of poverty. I got no money. We, you buy me a Coke? <laughs> you know, that, that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, as a matter of fact, when it, comes to, when it comes to acts of obedience, the Bible says even when you fast, to dress up nicely. Don't, 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 you know, not shave and not take a bath and, oh, fasting, man. Sacrificing for Jesus, you know. I'm doing that. I'm much more spiritual than you. When you get to the point of spiritual maturity that I've achieved, you'll fast just like me. How, how many weeks are you going to fast? I've been fasting for six months. <laughs> you liar. But, uh, you know, and, and that's, that's really what, what ends up happening here with, with people that really look at things in a religious way. Uh, they think that through their actions, through their, their, their religion, they're going to get to God. And God wants to create a spiritual relationship with you. Tonight's teaching is on hearing God's voice. And, of course, Jesus is talking here physically to his disciples. And, of course, the word of God has, com has com memorialized that for eternity or for as long as we're here until Jesus comes back. Uh, and, and the word that you're reading today is actually the word that Jesus spoke at that time. But do you know that God wants to have a relationship with you? As we spoke about last week, we hear these different voices. And the voice of the enemy, of course, is the one that's, you know, that's, that's telling you, what is the enemy? Well, the enemy is the accuser. He's the one that's telling you, you're no good. You're lousy. God doesn't love you. Jesus would never love you. What do you if he, And if that person over there, if, if your pastor or your church knew what you did before, he, he, he would, if he knew what a loser you really were, he wouldn't have you doing this or that. They'd never put you in charge of this or that if they knew what a heathen you were. Of course, I like to tell the devil, you're right. You're right. I used to be this and that and the other when I was serving you, buddy. But I'm not serving you anymore. I serve the Most High God, and, and, and I'm, a new I'm a new creature in Christ. The Bible says that you're a new creation. Now, as we spoke about last week, we also hear the voice of our flesh. And what is that? Well, that's, again, it's back to the things of the world, you know, the, the, the cares of the world. Oh, man, i got to make this. i got to make that. i got to buy this thing. i got to have the new the latest and greatest cell phone. I gotta have a, a new Xbox 360, and I gotta I gotta have the latest car, you know, and I gotta have the newest nice set of golf clubs, and I gotta be able to, you know, to 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 dye my hair two times a month and do my nails every week, and you know, all these different things that we're worried about in the flesh. Don't you realize that this flesh right here, folks, is gonna be buried in the ground and it's gonna rot? Spending just a little too much time paying attention to the flesh, man. And not focusing on what God really wants you to focus on, which is Him. Then, of course, we hear the voice of the Lord, that still small voice that says, Hey, I love you. I got a plan for you. A plan to change your life. A plan for good and not to hurt you. You know, but we don't listen. We can't listen because the other voices are drowning them out. So what happens? Well, Jesus said that it takes the renewing of your mind. You see, because... When you got saved, right, your spirit was immediately saved. Changed, zappo, it was dead, now it's alive, now it's redeemed, cool. Spirit, all set. Now, the mind, or the soul, on the other hand, well, the good work he has begun in you shall be brought to the completion of what they call the day of Jesus Christ. Well, what is the day of Jesus Christ? Well, the day of Jesus Christ is either A, the day you die, 
Because for, for, for all men, it was made for once to live and then the judgment. Okay, and we're going to talk about judgment in a second. But uh, for the, then the judgment, or B, when Jesus comes back, do you know that Jesus is coming back for his church? Do you know that Jesus is coming back for his bride? That should make you just want to get up and say, yes, Jesus is coming back for me. Yes. Unless, of course, you don't know Jesus. In which case, you've got a whole heap of trouble. Remember, I, I said a second ago that, that, that for, for every man, it was, it, was, uh, it was made once to live and then to die and then the judgment. Well, there's two kinds of judgment, folks. There is the judgment, the great white throne judgment. We're, we're not going to be there. And that's going to be a scary time. Because that's going to be where you go to God and God asks, do you know what you did here? Why'd you do that? Well, my friend! No, 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 come on, man. I mean, see, if you read in the, in, 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 especially here in, in, in Luke and in all the Gospels, Jesus can read the minds. This is a trip. Jesus can read the minds of who? The believers? No, he can read the minds of everybody. Jesus, even when, 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 uh, when, when he was at the tax collector's house and, and, and they came to, uh, and, the, and the girl came in to anoint his feet with oil and cry and wash his feet with her tears, and he, what did he do? He perceived what the tax collector was thinking. If he knew his feet were being washed by a sinner. And actually the word sinner is actually prostitute. See, this woman was a, a prostitute. So Jesus didn't, he said, he said hey man, uh, I got your ticket, dude. I know what you're thinking. And then, of course, Jesus spoke to him in a parable. <laughs> See, Jesus meets us where we're at. This is a guy, obviously, who had heard the word of Jesus and, and liked it. But, you know, there was still, you know, he still needed to, you know, get the flesh out. You know, so Jesus spoke to him in a parable and, 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 and said, so who, who, who is it that, uh, that, uh, that appreciates it more? The guy who, who borrows 500 denarius or the guy who borrows one denarius and, and the 500 denarius is forgiven and so is the one denarius? And he said, well, of course, the guy who borrowed the 500, right? Yeah, well, then, then that's who's going to appreciate it. You gave me no kiss when I got here, yet she hasn't stopped kissing my feet. And you gave me no water for my feet, yet she's washed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. And, in, and you, gave, you did not anoint my head with oil, but, you, but she anointed my feet with oil. So basically what he's saying is, hey, man, Listen, before you go and call her a sinner, think about what you haven't done, and maybe she's got a lot more to be thankful for. Maybe she was more of a sinner than you. Maybe she was less. Jesus said, only I know, and I'm not telling. You see, because Jesus isn't a tattletale. Jesus doesn't, doesn't accuse you. Jesus will never tell you, well, I knew you when you were this, and I knew you when you were that. And as a matter of fact, when you get saved... If you ever hear a voice that tells you, well, you did this, and you did that, and you did the other, and you did the other, folks, I got news for you, that's not Jesus. That's the enemy. See, and this is where we need to, we need to move on to the bigger things of Christ. We need to understand that God has a purpose for us. And, and that purpose, he has, it, he has it written in his word for us. The, the Bible you hold in your hands, the Bible you're studying tonight, that's God's legacy, his testament, his everything that God wants you to know in this life is in that book. 
You want to know about finances? Look in that book. You want to know about food? Look at that book. You want to know about diet? Look in that book. You want to know about how to raise your kids? Look in that book. You want, there is not a book. Listen, you, can, you got Barnes & Noble all in one hand right there. You don't ever need to spend another, another penny on a book. And you know what's cool about that book? <laughs> that book's a supplement. Why well, like you? A book's a supplement. What are you saying? It's a supplement to God's voice. It's what God uses here in the physical to confirm what he's told you in the spiritual. You see what I'm saying? So when you read something in the scripture, have you ever been reading something in the scripture and it just clicks? Oh, wow, that's cool. I like that. That, that. that happens to me when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm up here teaching. Believe me when I tell you, I walk away from these things just as blessed as you do because you know, I start talking and the Holy Spirit starts saying what he wants to say and I kind of step back and say, yeah, you go Jesus. I, I have no idea what I'm going to say, but I'm listening. And I listen to the, I listen to the recordings. I'm like, wow. That makes sense. But basically, God wants to, wants to talk to us continuously. If you, you know, when you die, God is going to be doing the judging. God is going to be doing the judging whether you're in the great white throne judgment, which you can read about in the book of Revelation. I'm not going to elaborate here. It's just not a, not a nice place. Or it's going to be the Bema judgment. And the Bema judgment, well, I've heard it described kind of as the, the, the fair. You know, step right up, step right up, bring your, bring your works right up here. Let's put them up here and let's see how they go. And look, Jesus, I did this and this and this and this. Well, let's put the fire to them and see what's left. Hey, you did pretty good here. You've got three cities over here and you got, and that's really what it's going to be like. I don't know if it's going to be quite like that, but it'll be close. Okay? Hey, I like to think it's like that, you know? I, I, I think of heaven as a joyous place. They, they, you know, the, the people think that we're going to be floating around on, 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 uh, on, on, uh, on wings and playing little harps. and No, no, no. Heaven's going to be a joyous place. There's going to be awesome food, and we're not going to gain weight. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's going to be a great place, and we're going to be hanging out with Jesus for eternity. I mean, that's, that's an awesome place. And this beam of judgment, well, this is actually a judgment of rewards. It's not a negative term, the term judgment for the believer. It's actually a time where you get to all the things, all the suffering you did. Jesus said the least of these will be the most in the kingdom of heaven. You see, so basically all those times that you didn't respond, when they told you that you were this or you were that, or all those times where you turned the other cheek as Christ told you to do, all those things when you go for that beam of judgment, Jesus can say, good work, my good and faithful servant. You know, enter into my rest, into my joy. And here you go. Here's your gift. Now I'm paraphrasing, of course, and, and those of you who want me to speak, speak King James English, I just can't do it, man. I just can't do it, but I'm excited about Jesus, and, and, and I want you to be excited about Jesus too, because he wants you to be excited. He wants to, he wants to be your best friend. He wants to be your closest friend, closer than a brother. He is your heavenly father. And really, those of you that have kids here, I mean, when you have a kid who's doing what you want him to do, who's just obedient, 
and, 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 and has followed your teachings and really kind of grabbed hold of the wisdom that you've poured into that child, isn't it a blessing to just have that kid sit with you and hang out and just enjoy? Sometimes you don't even say nothing. You just hang out. I, I hang out with my son and, and, and we just hang out. We, we don't even talk sometimes. We just hang out and go swim in the pool or, or whatever. But I know he's a good kid. I enjoy spending time with him. He doesn't make me mad. You know, and, 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 when, and when he needs something or when he's interested in something or when he doesn't know something, he comes and he says, hey, dad, you know, what do you think of this? I'm, 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 I'm having a struggle in this, in this area of my life. I'm having a struggle in that area of my life. What, what do you think, dad? What should I do? Do you know that God wants us to do that with him? <clears throat> well, how is he going to do that? If we don't take the time to learn his voice, we'll never know what he answers us. Because see, all those voices you're hearing, you're always going to hear those voices. The difference is that once you become tuned in to the voice of God, and God will speak to you through circumstances, God will speak to you through his word, God will speak to you through other people. You know, it just really depends on how God wants to get your attention, or God will speak to you directly. And, 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 and the way that it is, folks, is just kind of a knowing. It's not like, you know, God talks to you from a burning bush. I mean, he can do that, and he's done it before, and he could do it again. He's God. He does whatever he wants. But really, if you're, if you're in fellowship with him, which means relationship, then he doesn't need to burn bushes, and he doesn't need to... I mean, that was for that time, too, because, you know, the, the, the Holy Spirit didn't indwell people at the time. But now, Jesus said, I'll send to you a helper. And when you got saved, you got the Holy Spirit. And when you get the Holy Spirit and you ask God to baptize you in the Holy Spirit, not only do you become born again, not only do you become baptized in water, as Jesus commanded, but you also can get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And that opens up a direct channel between you and God. And once that happens, God can talk to you. God can tell you things. He can, he can share secrets with you that he wouldn't share with anyone else. The Bible says that God does nothing unless he share it with his intimates, the prophets. And who are prophets? Well, prophets are people, the modern day prophet is the person who prophesies the word of God. You understand? So if you know the word of God, then you can do what they call test the spirits. So let's say you're, 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 you're driving down the street and you see somebody on the side of the road. You know, and you see that it's a mother and she's got her kids there, you know, and they're a little ragged out, you know, and they're, they're, they got their, they're, they're just kind of sitting on the side of the road. They don't got anything, you know, but they're just sitting there and you, you know, whose voice is it that says, don't get involved, man. You, you never know what's going on there. Is that God? Probably not. You know, it's the voice, the still small voice that says, pull over. Ask him how you can bless him. Then the other voice says, no, 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 because then they're going to ask you for money and they're going to tell you all their story and you're, they're going to rip you off. And then the other voice but I want to use you to bless them. I want you to tell them about me. So what? So who gives you your money? Who's your provider? You know, how many times Jesus said, Jesus said that be careful who you entertain for it just made the angels. You never know if that lady sitting on the side of the road with those kids, they may be angels. You'd be surprised. Do you know we each have an angel? The Bible speaks that we have guardian angels. 
and that angels can do our bidding. We can ask angels. We can deploy angels to do things for us. I'll tell you, I mean, my guardian angel was, has always been there for me. And uh, although we, we don't worship angels, we don't pray to angels, there's a difference between praying to an angel and deploying angels to do your bidding in the name of Jesus. Amen? And we'll study that at some point. Um, but let it suffice to say that we do have angels on our behalf, and angels are here among us. But again, spiritual things are spiritually discerned. The scripture says you can't be man-led and spirit-led at the same time. How many of us aren't man-led? How many of us don't? How many of us don't look at what everybody else is saying? Well, what are they saying? You know, when I when I told when I told people, you know, I think the Lord is is calling me into ministry. I think the Lord wants me to, you know, to teach people, to to love people, to tell them that Jesus loves them, to tell them that there's a hope for the situation that they're in, that, that I've been there, I've done that, I've gotten, and I'm nobody, I'm just a person, I'm just a person. God uses, you know, God uses availability, not ability, right? But of course, the world's going to tell you how, how unable you are. And, and when they can't tell you to your face, because those of you that know me well enough, you know I'm not exactly the quiet type. You know, so if somebody disagrees with me, that just gives me all the more, you know, reason to go and do it, you know? And I'm sure that that's pride somewhere. And uh, God's working on that, I'm sure. Um, but really, you know, when I, when I said that I, I was being called into ministry, of course, you know, they, 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 they go to my wife and, are you sure Mikey's doing the, the right thing? Is he going to go get a church? What, is his business failing? He needs to make a little extra money? <laughs> no. No, we don't, we don't collect any money here. I mean, we have an agape box, and if, and if the Holy Spirit leads you to drop something in there, praise the Lord. And if he doesn't, that's okay. If God built this thing, then God's going to build it. And if he didn't, it's okay too. I'm just going to spend the time here with you rejoicing in the Lord. That's what I'm here to do. I'm not here to build the church. I'm not here to build the, anything. I'm just here to preach the word. And I'm here to teach it and to love and to share and to tell people what Jesus did for me and tell you how Jesus will do it for you if you just ask him. Amen. And if you ask him, he will give it to you. But understand, you've got to reach out to him first. If you draw nigh unto him, he will draw nigh unto you. The, in Revelation, it says that he knocks on the door of your heart. Those who open the door, he'll come in and fellowship with them or sup with them. Sup, you know, in, in, uh, in, in, in the Middle East, eating is a big deal. Um, if you, you know, it, 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 if you go to somebody's home, it's always about the meal. They invite you to eat. Come over to my house and eat, you know. And this is so. This is the this is the whole the whole mindset here is behind knocking on the door of your heart. Come on in and fellowship and share and sup. And what are we going to eat on together? The Lord and I we're going to chew on the word. The Bible says that man shall not live by bread alone. Okay, so Jesus didn't want to come and have a filet mignon with you. I mean, I'm sure that you know when the rapture comes, I'm sure that they've got some great filet mignon up in heaven. But what he wants to do with you today, right here, do you know Jesus wants to fellowship with you today? And how does he want to do it? Well, in prayer. He wants to do it in, in, in you giving your life to him. Jesus said, he who lets go of his life will surely keep it. But he who holds on to his life will surely lose it. You see, because Jesus understands that most people grab onto their life. This is the only life I got, man. No, it's not. No, it's not. You've got eternal life. 
But the eternal life giver wants to trade you this temporal life that you have here for an eternal life that he has for you with him. And let me tell you, I mean, again, back to where we started, if, if I know that this God is the big God, he's the, the king, the supreme, the one and only, the alpha and the omega. I mean, he's the one that did it all. And he wants to fellowship with little old nothing me. Think about that for a second. God wants to, he wants to have a relationship with you. Why on earth would you struggle to have, to, 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 to fortify relationships with people here that can't give you eternal life? What would you care about people here who can't give you eternal, eternal fellowship with them? What can anyone on earth promise you that, 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 that even slightly equals what God has for you? Amen? So this is, this is why God wants us to not only hear his voice, but he wants us to fellowship with him. And let's, let's be practical, okay? I mean, you're not going to always get it right. But, and, and, and sometimes you're going to fall on your face. You're going to think you heard from the Lord and you're going to get up again. I mean, I was, I was at a, I was at a, uh, at a, at a, a, a meeting a while back uh, where there was a, a certain preacher and this preacher kept talking about how they were anointed to teach and how they knew this and that. And they, you know, and the God had a word for everybody in the audience, you know, Ooh, you know and God is speaking to this person, Ooh, I got a word for you, and this person's just, ooh, you know, walking around, and ooh, and, well, wait, God's got a word for you. God's got a word for you. So, so of course, this person started talking about how they needed, how they needed us to build the ministry, because, you know, God's broke, you know, God doesn't have anything. You know, this person, this person forgot to read that my God is the owner of the, every cow on every hill, and all the gold and the silver. So, this preacher was up talking about, oh, you know, you know, God's got a word, and I've got to take this word to the rest of the world. And God's going to use you to feed my ministry. That's right, because it's not his ministry, because God takes care of his own ministries. So this, this, uh, this, uh, uh, this, this, this preacher started, and, and, and this preacher walked up to a friend of mine. He said, oh, I have a word for you. And my friend was, was, uh, was young in the Lord at the time and, and, and started and, and, and received the word that the, that the, that the preacher had, had told him. And you know, this is the interesting thing. The enemy, you know, when the enemy spoke to Jesus, he didn't come out with the flat old lie. I was doing a, I was doing a, a, a Bible study for my son who was doing homeschooling, and, and he was doing a Bible study on Noah and the ark. And I said, true or false? God, God had such a great time doing the flood that he decided he was going to do it again very soon. And my son looked at that and said, no. That's not true. I said, that's right. That's not true. God said that he would never, ever do a flood again. Right? Right. right. So the devil comes to us and kind of tells us some truth. He doesn't come out and blatantly say that God, God has such a good time judging mankind. So, so my friend is there and, and the word is, is preached and, and, and this preacher is, goes to my friend and, and says, oh, you know, you have this issue in your life and you have, and the, the Holy Spirit is showing me that you have that issue in your life and, and this, is, this is what you should do about it. And my friend was, was really touched. And, and my friend, God bless him, was, was, a, was a, a strong believer 
um, the Lord had just been ministering to him about tithing and offering at the time. And what ended up happening was what he thought was the Lord laid on his heart to give a large sum of money to this, to this preacher. And it came back later that this preacher just ended up being kind of a, I don't want to go as far as saying a wolf in sheep's clothing because this preacher is still out there preaching the gospel, but it's this prosperity gospel. And Paul said that if anybody preached to you another Jesus, let them be accursed. And you know that there's another Jesus being preached. It's that Jesus is my Mac Daddy Jesus. It's that Jesus is my sugar daddy. It's that Jesus wants you to have a Mercedes Benz. If you don't have a Mercedes Benz, then you don't believe in Jesus. If you don't have, you know, if you don't have a, 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 at least six digits a year, then hey, God, you, you, you have no faith. And, and you know what? If you have diseases in your body and you're not healed, God's punishing you. You know, and, and your prayer, you know that, you know, folks, that this new Jesus, that your prayers can actually change his mind. He's such a wishy-washy Jesus that you, a mere man, can change his mind. The Bible says that so far above your ways are my ways. That's what my Bible says. So I don't buy that prosperity Jesus. I don't buy that Jesus that says that your, you, mere man, is going to help me build my ministry. No, God doesn't need us for a thing. God chooses to use us because he loves us. You, you know, it, it, it brings to mind the, the time that dads sit there and they're fixing the car or, or they're, they're taking something out. And I, my, my, my daughter, Kelly, I, I'll, I'll be carrying something out to the garage and she'll come and she'll, Kelly's a little girl. Oh, let me help you, daddy. And I'm carrying this big old box and she'll be, okay, here we go, daddy. Okay, okay, Kelly, here we go. We're taking out. And she'll come out and say, whew, I'm tired, daddy. We really did a lot. And I'll be like, yeah, we did, honey. That, that's the way God is with us. You know, God lets us participate, not because he needs us, but he wants us to feel that we're a part of him. He wants to fellowship with us. With such a loving God, such a wonderful God who loves you, who sent his son for you, why wouldn't you want to spend time with him? Why wouldn't you want to get to know him? Let's put aside the whole judgment seat thing. Let's put aside that your life is going to change. Let's put aside that your relationships are going to be better. Let's put aside that your finances are going to finally straighten out, not because you're, not because you're telling him what to do, but because you're finally listening to what he wants you to do. Let's, let's, let's put aside that your interpersonal relationships are going to be better. Let's put aside that your relationship with your wife or your husband are going to be better because you're going to start understanding what God really wants for marriage. Let's put all that aside and understand that even if he did none of that for us and just allowed us to bask in his presence, that would be enough. But no. He wants you to bask in his presence. He wants you to enjoy yourself in his, in his Holy Spirit. And he wants to bless your life. He's got a great plan for you. And the seed in good soil, in good soil, these are the ones who heard the word in honest and, good, and a good heart and hold it Fast. Hold it fast. And bear fruit with what? Perseverance. Perseverance, that means to press in. You know, God, I don't know why this is going on in my life right now, but I'm going to persevere. I'm going to press in. 
I believe that all things serve for the good of those who love the Lord. That's what your scripture says. So even though I don't understand in my finite mind right now, I don't understand what's going on. I can't comprehend why you're allowing this to happen in my life. But you're the potter and I'm the clay. Father, just help me. Help me walk through this. Your word says that you will be with me always. And though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. So the key is here, persevere. Hang in there. Hang in there. Listen to the voice. When you fall down, when you mishear the voice like my friend did, he didn't say, oh, I'm never going to listen to another Christian preacher again. He didn't say that. He just said, well, you know what? That's okay. That's God's business. The way that this preacher handles the money, that's God's business with them. And that's the right attitude to have. The lady on the side of the road with the kids, if she's strung out on crack, or if she's really having a problem, you know what? That's not your business, y'all. If the Holy Spirit lays it on your heart to bless someone, then you do it. Be obedient. God prefers obedience to sacrifice. Persevere. If you walk away with anything tonight, walk away with the knowledge that you have a God who loves you very much. He knows you by name. He knew you, the scripture says, from the foundation of the world. He knew you when you were created in your mother's womb. Wow. Immediately. He knows you by name. And he says that my sheep, that's us, know my voice. So, Ask God to make himself real to you. Ask God to speak to you. And how will he speak to you? Well, whatever way he pleases. And come and tell me about it. I want to hear. I get excited whenever a person tells me what God is doing in their life. It just, it, it excites me. Because I know that God is not a respecter of persons. And what he does for any of us, he can do it for me too. So just because he hasn't done this for me, or that for me, or if he's done this for me and hasn't done it for you yet, that doesn't mean that he won't. Amen? Amen? So persevere. Ask God to just make himself real. Real as any friend, any family member, more real, closer than a brother. And he will. Amen? Amen? Father, we give you thanks and praise for this day. We give you thanks for this teaching. Lord, teach us to hear your voice. To know when you're talking to us, what you're saying to us. Lord, have us, have us understand just how to hear your voice amongst all the multitude of voices that we hear in our minds every day. Lord, we want to know you, but Lord, this flesh of ours, it just makes it so difficult. Father, teach us to put the flesh asunder and to listen to your Holy Spirit. Father, we just ask that tonight. And Lord, I pray a fresh anointing on anyone listening to my voice tonight. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you make yourself real to them. Father, I just release a, a fresh anointing tonight on anyone in the sound of my voice. Just a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. We release it upon anyone hearing this voice tonight. And Father, we just ask you to reach out and touch your people. Lord, we need you. We can't really live without you. Not only have you said it, Lord, but we know it. We know it as your children. Father, just give us that life, that spiritual life that we so much need to share eternity with you. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen.